0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Jen. And I'm Kat. And today, we are going to talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Mm -mm. That's all I got. (laughs) Um, we are gonna talk about the lines between sex and sensuality and we're gonna go into shame and just kind of all of the things that both our personal journeys have kind of involved and then yeah we're gonna dabble down a couple of rabbit holes we realize that this topic is pretty vast and there is a lot to say on it
1: Yeah, wind us up. Watch us go. We could talk about this topic for days because, yeah, yes. like Jen said, we are very much on our own journeys with this topic right now, too. So it's fresh. at Absolutely.
0: But before we delve into everything, we wanted to share with our beautiful listeners that we officially have our next retreat up and posted, and we still have slots left for it. It's going to be October 5th through the 9th in New Orleans, and we are so excited. We're bringing that witchy kind of theme and magic back into the retreat. So you can expect yoga. We have the coolest Airbnb really close to downtown we're going to be doing in-town excursions we're going to be doing a lot of meditations and deeper healing workshops and then tapping into our inner witch
1: yeah, it's going to be so freaking magical. And we're stoked because New Orleans, if you're not familiar, it's the hub of voodoo culture in America. So it's really the perfect destination for our coven. <laughs> lots yes. of haunted things, um, amazing shops for us to check out, uh, tours that we're going to do. And yeah, we have such a stacked lineup for you to really develop personally and spiritually and connect with other like-minded individuals. So lots of exercising uh, lots of exercises for uh, really fine-tuning your intuition connecting yourself deeper there always yoga like jen said um tons of workshops on like developing your six senses uh, your psychic abilities cosmic lunch mystery dinners like mm-hmm. we really put so much heart into this it's gonna be amazing
0: Yes. So you can check that out on Kat's website. And we also have it in both of our bios on Instagram. My Instagram
1: is Senseful Wellness. And Kat, you can share your handle. Yeah. My, name, my It's my name. So Katarina underscore Erickson. And the website is Catalyst with a K, catalystliving.com slash offerings. And you can check us out there. Let us know what questions you have
0: yes all right cat switching back gears are we ready it's time (laughs) let's do it let's dive in Okay, so we thought for, like, the first thing that, you know, these topics, this is something that, once again, I feel like it can feel confusing why it's plugged into, like, the awakening and spirituality concepts, but it is so linked in so many ways, and so I think that's kind of the first thing I wanted to kind of say and go over is that, you know, we have so much in society that has created a lot of issues around these topics, a lot of shame in our own personal bodies, a lot of shame in sharing like what our different differences are amongst each other, but how similar we actually all are on, on that spectrum. But there can be so much shame if you don't fit the narrative of what is advertised. It can be really hard to admit what you like, what you don't like, what you can say, what you can't say. And I think, you know, there's this beautiful correlation that happens when you start working on healing the inside of yourself and you start looking at that mind and body connection you start figuring out like what stories you're really holding on to that are limiting and boxing you in and holding you down and creating those patterns of you staying less than and not asking for more and the more you kind of expose those layers I think a lot of themes around you know Sensuality, sexuality, intimacy, vulnerability, all kind of naturally fall onto the plate because it's exposing things. And in a culture where that's often kind of seen as a like more hush thing or you talk about right. it when it kind of like makes sense, but you're scared to talk about things that are hard and like difficult maybe, or that you feel like, yeah, some shame around like something like maybe people won't understand this when in reality, every single thing you're experiencing is definitely going to be normal unless there's like actual pain problems happening <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's also we have so much different resources now for help and to figure out why things are happening and the sex research at this point is like so much more extensive than it used to be like women were truly seen as just something that's supposed to pump out babies and that we are not used for any sort of pleasure in any way, shape, or form, and so we are still dealing with generations of stigma on these subjects. And so I'm so happy to talk about it.
1: Yeah, seriously, well said. And like anything else in our lives, we are conditioned. We grow up as little girls, little boys, little humans, um, just as sponges, and we're taking in, we're learning how to be in this world by those around us, um, especially our our teachers, our guardians, um, our mentors, and. And when they have an unhealed relationship with sexuality and themselves then we just internalize that and take it in and it becomes ours so it's not your fault <laughs> um, I think mm-hmm. like you said Jen like there's so much more research that's been done now there's incredible books out there so many resources and um, with everything that we encounter in our lives with trauma with traumatic events with um, different looks different comments made from people we're going to internalize that and take it one mm-hmm way. Um, so it's really worth taking a second look at and treating those thoughts and those ideas that um, we've, we've taken as true and questioning them and deciding, you know, is this thing that I've taken as true actually serving me in this moment um, and having those open and honest conversations in safe spaces with friends, with therapists, with trusted people. And just talking it out because um, that's the biggest thing that I've realized now in in all the work that I've done in this category, even as of lately this year, um, is that all these things that I've I've thought were wrong or shameful, everybody thinks and feels, and it's actually mm-hmm. freaking cool and great and mm-hmm. um, just normal, valid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, we'll, we'll, we'll take a turn kind of sharing some of our journey around this and I can start us off. But for me, you know, I thought this was something like once I got into, the years where i was experimenting i thought i was just kind of like supposed to know everything you know like Mm -hmm. this should be something you just know like you you know have it all down like so scared to like make mistakes or ask questions you know just like blindly feeling like i was supposed to like inherently understand this stuff and that it's not going to be this lifelong learning experience and that is because i didn't hear people talking about it it took a long time you know i think basically my exposure to it would have been just through, like, yeah like celebrity culture and just who's with who like it was just I learned it in such a weird way because it wasn't like laid out like normally within my household but also I had religion trauma within all of this as well so sex was kind of exposed to me and luckily I didn't really like drink the kool-aid on this stuff because it was like very it never quite landed great with me but I know within my church they had to start doing these like sex seminars starting at like really young like probably 10 and it was just kind of like just wait till you meet your husband and you experience what wedding night is gonna be and I'm just like this seems so wild to me like that we're really just waiting for that day and like there was so much talk about committing yourself to purity until that moment and
1: how like pressure on wedding night
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Talk about your nervous system getting fucked up and you not being able to do anything because your body is like literally so stressed out. You can't even get turned on. Um, (laughs) Right. But like, God. And then also, like, that just seems so scary to me that, like, I, yeah, that that was going to be it. And then I don't know. I remember that just feeling like major anxiety when I thought through it. Um,
1: yeah, like, we yeah, didn't even it was have like, sex on our wedding night. Like unpopular yeah, thing to say, but like <laughs> you didn't either. Oh my god! god. <laughs> See, like until we talk about it, I had some guilt around that for a while. But we were freaking exhausted. Like let's be. I real. I was so tired.
0: I told Danny, I was like, I am taking a bath and like I yeah, like I'm yeah. so so tired. It's like two in the morning. Like Seriously. real talk. <laughs> yeah, real talk. For real. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So anyway, it's absolutely like wild like me trying to piece all these little things together. Like there was so much talk about, yeah, really Kind of like not trusting your body, that your body belonged to God, that your body will then belong to your husband. It was like never this empowering, like figure your own body out. So it was not even like an instinct to start exploring that. I was like terrified of like getting to know my body. And the more attention I put on my body, I felt like I was doing something very wrong. Like this is not where my focus is supposed to be. Um, so yeah it was just something I really didn't explore so naturally when I did start having sex like I hadn't even figured out a lot about my own body at that point so Mm -hmm. it was just so sad to like look back in retrospect that like I'm giving the power into everyone else figuring myself out because I didn't even have the safety to really get to know myself in that way so Mm -hmm. it definitely was like a journey between my very first time like Feeling like, okay, well, now I really got to marry that man because mm. I've already, like, done it. Like, I got to, <laughs> like, make sure this works. Tons of pressure on that. Like, so much guilt. And when you learn how guilt and shame kind of plays into the safety of your own body and, like... um yeah, I, I would have never in a million years thought to be like, I don't really like that. You know, maybe try something else. Like, mm-hmm. can we not keep going back to that? Like, I would have never in a million years even thought that was a possibility. Yeah, like, it just would not have crossed my
1: mind. With like, your throat <laughs> chakra, like the pelvis. <laughs> um, it's like the blockages and oh, so much about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And our whole freaking nervous system of feeling safe. Like, mm-hmm. truly, it's like wild to see the connection later. But- yeah. Yeah, it took so many years of, um yeah, really going through the process of, like, hating myself and looking for validation through sex and really the validation through what that person wanted to offer and give me, not really any say in my own journey. And it took kind of being in safe spaces with people in that way, but also really going on that self-love and healing journey and realizing how much I was believing these stories against myself and my body to start breaking that up. And I will say, too, that I really believe that being in different yoga retreats and workshops and spaces around the world and being in intimacy with people, like staring into each other's eyes and hugging strangers, and also working in healthcare and just seeing how many different types of bodies there are, how many people's stories have been vastly different, realizing that there were layers of not even being able to connect with people in a like raw, exposed way that were de- very much playing into everything else. And once I started healing that, I also started noticing okay this this has a direct correlation. And now I feel a lot more empowered and a lot more in charge of my body and where I'm taking it and what I'm craving and what I'm wanting. And knowing that that is also a lifelong journey. You don't just get the formula and have the formula then work forever. It's a constant readjusting. It's a constant shifting. It's a constant communicating because your body ebbs and flows with life and nature and all the things
1: yeah <laughs> it truly does we are cyclical beings in so many ways and i think there's so much power in our stories and where we take the rest of it from there um i love mm-hmm. hearing your story and just like how it's developed with your religious trauma and how all of that undoing has led you here and i think it's amazing <laughs> thank you kat let's of hear course. some of
0: yours yeah
1: yeah so mine is actually quite different um a couple different factors. Um, yeah, the religious stuff, it was less of a thing for me um, in my conditioning at least, but I'd say um, I, I still obviously took in the notes from, from family and friends and um, society. But really, I'd say I, when I was thinking about this, I went all the way back to, you know, the first time I had sex, I was 16. And even just thinking about that saying of like, I lost my virginity. Like that phrase is rooted in patriarchy. Like that's mm-hmm. a fucked up saying. Like you lost something when you actually just had this like transformative moment of, of gaining an experience. You didn't lose mm-hmm. anything. And I think just that stigma around saying you lost your virginity. We need to do away with that. There's so much mm-hmm. shame to it, and you're tied up. You're set up to for disappointment. I think <laughs> like mm-hmm. oh sad you know there's a sadness there so let's just say I had sex for the first time like there's got to be other better sayings out there <laughs> absolutely so, just change that let's change, change, that. It. Let's change it's official. it sorry everyone <laughs> losing your virginity is out <laughs> well, yeah let us know like your ideas for better sayings <laughs> yeah, for <real. laughs> But yeah, I was 16. It wasn't a great experience, but it wasn't awful. It was with, like, the shitty boyfriend I had at the time. Um, he ended up giving me a diamond necklace after it, which just felt Ooh. so <laughs> transactional and archaic and weird, but also, like, as my 16-year-old self, really special and cool and, like, yeah. I don't know. What it a was prize. totally, like, a prize. I don't know. <laughs> like, here's a sheep now. <laughs> bizarre um but yeah I ended up funny story like right before we broke up I ended up losing that diamond necklace and he was pissed Mm -hmm. but it was like really poetic you know in this way it was
0: time to let go time to let go
1: yeah exactly so that was my first um and yeah I mean I I got on birth control right after my mom found out that I had lost my virginity, that I'd had sex for the first time and she was all freaked out. So she just put me right on the pill um, without, you know, doing research or anything on it because it was just kind of like, well, I'm not becoming an early grandma. You're getting on this thing. And I was like, great. I don't want a kid. Let's do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, got on that and then I was on it, you know, pretty consistently for like 15 years. I took one year of a break um, where I didn't get my period for nine months. And then that was kind of it. I I eventually got back on it because that's when I met Kyle and the rest was history. But As you all know, I've mentioned this um, in other episodes, and I'm still going to do an episode soon um, to talk really in detail about this journey because it has been life-changing for me. Um, And it's not to, like, say everybody should just get off the pill. Like, I definitely believe in it, um, but I think that there's better options than hormonal birth control. So that's for another time. Um, Getting off the pill has been a freaking journey for me. It's been uh, just about a year. It's been 11 months at this point, and I feel like a different freaking person in many ways. So mm. um, it's been a real learning for me how much the pill completely masked and blanketed my sexual desire. Um, I felt like I was basically asexual for 10 years, um, and it caused a lot of issues in our relationship. I just got so disconnected from this part of me Um, and even even as I'm talking I'm kind of like holding myself because I feel Mm. like it's really sad for me to think about how much I was muted and dulled and just felt like in my relationship, that I was just wrong, um, and then I, I read the book Come As You Are, which totally recommend that if you haven't yeah, read it, it's a great one. It teaches you about all the different types of sexual desire. It really taught me a lot about um, reactive versus spontaneous desire, and really during that whole ten year period, um, I just like came to learn of, about myself as more of a reactive person, but. Um, I'd say since like January, when the hormones have really been settling in my body, after like six months there, I've been learning that like, no, I do have this spontaneous desire and it is very much linked with where I am in my cycle. And it just makes so much sense now that like my hormones are able to do their own thing that I'm actually feeling these things again. And so I've been on this whole sexual awakening journey for the past couple months and it's been really freaking cool. And it's been doing a lot for our marriage Um, and I'm just learning so much. So it's been very closely tied with my latest, um, Spiritual awakening too. So
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing all that, Kat. it's, It's also so important to expose and share that this is something that you have to actively keep working on and that it does surface up. You don't have to have it down and then feel shame when all of a sudden the narrative changes or shifts or goes different, you know? Shame is really the root of a lot of things locking up and it's just important sometimes to even get that energy out, like be able to have a safe space to share and explore and say, like, I think some things are shifting, so that might cause some things to look different. We, you know, making safe spaces to talk about that. So
1: Mm -hmm. I think
0: within society, like, let's kind of zoom out and go into that a little bit that, like, first of all, you know, it's really tough to feel To not feel shame about your body when a big chunk of our example of sex is coming from porn and high editing and, you know, you don't see a variety of vulva, you don't see a variety (laughs) of body types and... It's just, it can feel so shameful to think your body is just looking completely different than what someone would desire when we are, like, really not seeing an example of how many varieties and types and shapes and colors and all of the different things. Like, that's the most beautiful freaking thing that we all are, like, this, like, work of art, and it's so unique, and I love that at one point on this planet it was kind of viewed that way. And then freaking patriarchal bullshit has created this like, yeah, just some really, really shameful stigma if you don't fit this one fucking type. And because of that, you're like, oh, shit, like, mine doesn't look like that, or this doesn't look like that, or oh, my Mm -hmm. God, am I, like, yeah, so different than everybody else? And that automatically creates this disconnect with your body, so a huge part of healing from that one layer of societal stuff is like learning to look at your body like doing mirror work practicing like okay this is what this looks like I love you you are normal there are literally so many freaking looks and types and it's important to empower and know that instead of adding to the stigma that yours is very different and everyone else you know there's all these other people that have it right
1: and I mm-hmm. have it wrong, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, we take in what's right and what's wrong from what we see and what's normalized. And so it makes sense. And like talking about porn and it is made for men, like the vast majority of porn. And mm-hmm. um, like, hello, patriarchy, another example. Um, mm-hmm. And something I've been learning in this incredible audio book that I'm listening to right now. I know you have it too, Jen. It's called mm-hmm. Tell Me What You Want what you really, really want. <laughs> no, but it's called Tell Me What You Want <laughs> <laughs> by Lay Justin Lay Miller. <laughs> who, um, he has his PhD. It's incredible. It's all about the science of sexual desire and how it can help you improve your sex life. And I've learned from that how, like, so many fun facts. I'm, like, constantly busting them out to Kyle, who is now going to start listening to the book, too. Um, mm. but, one thing that I learned is how, um, for women, it's more important, like, the environment, um, that, like, the porn is in or like that um the sexual like moment is in than is about the actual person what they look like and mm. with men it's more about the actual person and their fantasies like what that person looks like and I thought that was so insane but like it makes sense because with women we need to know that like the environment the setting it's safe it's appealing it's a place that we're actually going to be turned on whereas the man it's like okay here's the partner Um, it's all about the Mm -hmm. partner and it goes back to like biological reasons for that and like porn is one a great example where you can kind of see that proven.
0: Yeah and Pete a lot of the people within that are even experiencing such shame cycles that you see all this body augmentation and Mm -hmm. surgeries and this is not like a natural depiction of whose body is right and whose body is wrong and I think that part can get really confusing for both sets of viewers. And yeah, as you said, it's not necessarily always divided by gender, but it's been proven that women have a, you know, more sensitive, like, breaking system of lack of safety. Mm -hmm. So when things are when the context is more stressful or there's more stresses to be perceived, your body can't relax and get into that other state. Like we both, we have a system that turns on, but we also have an ability to turn off and it takes like this sweet balance. That's what the come as you are book is like really hones in on. Yeah. Those accelerators and, yeah, so, and breaks. Yes. And <laughs> this is like so connected for me personally with understanding The senses and my mind and body connection and realizing that this still leads to the same homework as so many other episodes we have talked about of regulating your own nervous system, figuring out like what makes you feel a sense of calm, learning how to plug into those things. So then your body's natural state is going to more likely match what it's deeply craving instead of the fears being louder the story being louder the easy stress system coming online because nothing is feeling safe it kind of comes down to that same homework of breath work mindfulness self-love mirror work learning to hold and touch yourself without loud voices coming in and telling you not to do that like that correlates you know
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it's also
0: normal that that's happening because it makes so much freaking sense when you look at everything. And then let's talk to Kat. Like, I think another like final thing to touch on is the fact that like, when it comes down to like orgasming, there is going to be so many shifts and changes within that too, because They've been able to show that just regular intercourse for a lot of people is not just going to be it. Like maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it doesn't. Both are normal. And there's a lot of different factors that you might have to delve into. It might not look the same forever. There might be new elements that have to be added in. There might be more practice in being vulnerable because maybe life has gotten so busy. It's hard to figure out like and put space and time into that. But I remember like a huge aha moment, which I think I've shared on the podcast before that like even when I was by myself I realized like moving my body really sensually like moving my hips like Mm -hmm. slowly like kind of touching myself I couldn't even make myself do it behind closed doors when literally there was no consequences and nobody watching Mm -hmm. and I had like this moment of like wow if I can't even do that by myself without like like blushing feeling weird being like this is stupid and just wanting to shut down Mm -hmm. how much of that is correlating to my ability to connect on deeper levels so I started practicing and working on that and of course the shame and like disconnect from my own body was correlating into everything so Mm -hmm. as I worked on that I really started being able to see like Just so much power ripple into so many areas
1: of my life. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge, right? If you can't be comfortable in your own body by yourself, how are you going to expect your body to perform and be able to do Mm -hmm. that with another partner? Like that's just asking so much of yourself. So the work starts within. Oh, Mm -hmm. yes. Oh my gosh. And Something else that I've learned from this book that I've been reading is how, like, sexuality is a spectrum. And when you start to uncover these layers of yourself, you might like as you're digging, come across things that are new and maybe extra shameful, like being attracted to people of the same sex. And like, Mm -hmm. it's a whole thing. And I know, I think it's the next episode, Jen, that you and Phoenix are going to be talking more about this, but like something that um, I learned from this book is how women actually have more sexual flexibility than men biologically. And so Mm. like, that was massive for me to learn too of like, okay, um, going back to all the way when we were like living in tribes and had to um, think about like raising a child. If a man left, we needed community. We need to rally around um, this child and find love in other ways like it's really Mm -hmm. primal stuff and um it's just fascinating to hear how how life and how our desire has developed through the ages and let's just all practice giving ourselves a hell of a lot more grace and compassion and stop feeling like we're wrong for anything Mm -hmm. that we're feeling in this topic and in all the other ones hell yes
0: <laughs> so some some work on this if you're looking for homework if you feel like a lot of this kind of like plugs in yeah as i've said like twice now mirror work i think is this really beautiful way to start experiencing the emotions behind things like paying attention to what it feels like to look at one area of your body Uh, like fully spreading your legs and being in front of the mirror and seeing what feelings that brings up whatever is surfacing up like giving time for exposure to that and practice it doesn't have to be like ooh, this is sexy and great on like Rep number one, but (laughs) it's about feeling and experiencing the stuff so you can slowly either work through that. Maybe it gets easy really quick. Maybe it's more of a journey and that's okay. And practicing like actually touching and connecting to your own body because knowing that that actually ripples into a lot is super important. I also think when you plug into more intimate spaces such as retreats and yoga classes and places where you're dropping into more conscious connection you also will see this beautiful correlation then of realizing what's getting in the way from you not only connecting to yourself but openly being able to be in vulnerable exposing places with others and until that's practiced there can be even more stigma of like oh god this is weird this is uncomfortable like i don't know i'm just not into that i like it more private like the privacy kind of roof I feel like is so still coming from so much stigma because the more we feel like something has to be hidden we already know that that doesn't correlate well to everything Mm -hmm. else so I think these conversations are just super important too so finding your people that you can delve into that with or even going to therapy to kind of keep exposing different layers of this stuff is all very valuable work Mm
1: -hmm. and read the books they have been so helpful for Me, come as you are, tell me what you want. I originally found that guy, uh Justin Lay Miller on Liz Moody's podcast, um, her recent one about sex and desire too. So there's so many amazing resources out there. Highly recommend if this is an area of your life that you're feeling a little like unacquainted with yourself on or just lacking, like do the work. It's worth it.
0: Yeah, Kat, and I'll add too like on Netflix, The Principles of Pleasure yeah. is like an amazing documentary. And Goop has a series called Sex and Love, it's on Netflix too. And there was so much good conversation within that little Goop series as well that I thought really touched on a lot of this stuff too. So mm-hmm. do your research, have fun. Even have if fun. Shame Cycle comes up on
1: research, like keep working through that because it all really matters. A hundred percent. Well, thank you, Jen. Thank you everybody yeah. for listening. We love you all so much. And we are excited to hear what you think about this episode. Please message us on Instagram at awaken Together podcast. We love hearing your thoughts, and we'll see you all next time. All right, bye. bye.